Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hey, welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod, and uh, I really appreciate you being here. This is a conversation you're about to hear that I just had with John Vroman, and John is one of my best friends in the entire world. Uh, We've been doing life together for well over a decade, probably going on almost two now, and uh, John is the founder of Front Row Dads, and you'll hear a little bit about that, but um, today was really, we wanted to talk about family life and how to really master your family life. It's something that recently I've started focusing on. How do I master my roles as a husband and as a father? How do I master those roles? Not just like do good enough to get by, which I've been guilty of in the past. And I think a lot of, especially entrepreneurial dads are, you know, um, really focusing on the business. In fact, that's the theme of Front Row Dads is family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. However, today I really wanted to focus on not just on being a dad, but on being a a parent and being a, you know, really mastering your family life, whether you're a mom, a dad, either or. And so today we're going to get into some topics around um, how to master your emotions in the midst of challenges with your kids or with your and or with your spouse. Uh, John had a radical breakthrough around that very recently. In fact, he shared it as recent as yesterday at lunch with me. And I said, we got to talk about that tomorrow on the podcast. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, for me, what I've realized, what it means to master uh, being a husband. What does that look like? John's going to share with you some strategies that he's been using around creating really magic moments, unforgettable moments for his uh, children and, and a lot more. So this is really about family life mastery or mastering your family life. And I do want to mention this um, before I forget that uh, we are doing a group call for free on June 1st. This is our annual Father's Day call. We've been doing it for years now. And it, so it's for it's for specifically for dads, for men. The It really could be just for husbands. If you don't have kids yet, you could just, it would work for you as well. But if you go to frontrowdads.com forward slash Hal, H-A-L, you can um, sign up there for free. Again, frontrowdads.com forward slash Hal. Go check that out if you want to be a part of that call on June 1st. And all the details are, of course, at that site. Before we dive into the conversation with John, I do want to thank my sponsors and mention these because these really may add value for you. One of the two, if not both, if either of your goals involve either Number one, your health, optimizing your health. Or number two, if you have a message to share and you want to get it out to the world, if you have a business that you run and you want to market that business, then writing a book has been one of the most effective ways to get your message out there and potentially to help people and to increase your impact, to increase your income, so on and so forth. So if you want to write a book, self-publishing school is the most effective program I've found for getting that book out of your head and on paper and published within as little as 90 days. And you can get a free training that I did recently with Chandler Bolt on how to do that. Go to self publishingschoolcom 
forward slash Hal. Again, self-publishingschool.com forward slash Hal. And you can get that free training. I think it was a little over an hour. I did it with Chandler Bolt, the founder of Self Publishing School. And it tells you everything you need to do. Like it's not just a, here's what self-publishing school is. It's literally, here's how you start from nothing, blank page, to published author in as little as 90 days. And then last but not least, if you want to improve your health, check out Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, and they make the highest quality nutritional products from whole food supplements, I would say, or whole food ingredients, sorry, not synthetic vitamins, which most vitamins, there's more junk and filler and chemicals in them than there is good stuff for your body. And you can Google that if you don't believe me. Um, you can find independent labs that do tests on vitamins and they find all sorts of chemicals and carcinogens, not to mention the vitamin itself. Like for example, if you're getting your vitamin C as ascorbic acid, Go Google the process to make ascorbic acid. It involves ammonia. Just, it, it's not the way nature intended a vitamin to enter into your body, but Organifi is very different. All of their products are based on whole foods. You're getting your vitamin C from acerola cherry and camu camu and different foods that actually have an extremely high concentration of vitamin C. And again, that goes across the board for their protein powders and everything that they make. Go to Organifi.com forward slash Hal. Again, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash Hal. And then use the code Hal at checkout to get 15% off your entire order. And I hope you find something there that you love as much as I love their products, which is why I take them on the daily. So without further ado, uh, my good friend, John Vroman, and we're going to talk about mastering your family life. Enjoy. Hey, Johnny. Good to see you, buddy. This is, uh, I was looking forward to this all morning. Yeah. Was there sarcasm or is that you're genuinely looking forward? I was completely sarcastic. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, man, we, uh, it's good to see you. I just spent, uh, four days with you in Florida at the front row dads retreat. Yep. How are you feeling after that, man? Like I, you must be on, I'm guessing you're still on a high from that. I'm on a high. Yeah, I'm on a high dude. I, I don't know if I told you this, but I got to my car. Like I, when everybody was gone and I was kind of the last one and I was getting in my car and pulling out of the resort, I, I called Tatiana and she asked me how it went. And dude, I just started crying. Wow. Like I, I, I tried to get it together, but I was, I probably cried for the first five minutes of our conversation, just trying to express to her what just happened, which kind of took me by surprise. And I think it took a lot of the guys by surprise based on the messages I got. You, the fact you telling me that makes all the sense in the world. You know, I didn't cry at the end of the event, but I, I did just being your friend and being part of the group and what was created there in terms of vulnerability and support and connection and love amongst what was it, 45 guys, 35 yeah. guys, 45. 45. And then people coming up to me that I invited, like Tucker Max, right? Saying, this is the best mastermind I have ever been to, Hal, and I've been to all of them. Um, Matt Recor, my best friend of 20 years, said, I was rooming with him. He said, Hal, I will never miss another Front Row Dads retreat. And I said, no, me either. And, I, and then Philip Stutz, I invited Philip to the retreat. Same thing. He said, I will be at every single one of these. And um, just watching you from the beginning, ha having built this, you know, this, what was it, 2015, 2016, when did you start Front Row Dads? Mm -hmm. 2016. Yes. So the last five years watching you build this and seeing, you know, I was there from the beginning and then seeing what it's become is, I mean, I, yeah, I being that 
this is your baby and and um I could see I could see you getting emotional over what what happened. Let me ask you that. It's a good place to start is why did you decide to to start Front Row Dads and um 5 years later and especially coming off of an, an experience that put you in tears for 5 minutes trying to tell your wife about it? What what was the intention, the the motivation to make that decision five years ago, uh, and shift gears in your business significantly, right? To to focus on fathers, um, why did you make that decision, and and what is it? What how do you feel about it five years later? Yeah, it, it, if I go back to that mindset, twenty sixteen, it was fear and love that were winning out. The fear of messing up as a dad, the fear of getting to the, you know, my kids would be 18 and I would have this regret that I missed their, their childhood, that I just worked my way through it. It was one more project, one more season, one more busy thing I had to handle on an evening or a weekend, one more trip. I had a fear and it was getting very real because my son was six at that time. And I had always talked about being the best dad. When I'm a dad, I'm going to read all the dad books and do all the things. And six years in, I was my business was thriving, but it was still that one more book I had to write and get out there type of mentality. I was like, I just got to finish this. And I had this awakening, this awareness that I'm so grateful for in that moment where the fear was really setting in that he was six and a third of his way to, to adulthood. Wow. And then I, I also was, you know, I loved my family. I loved my wife. I, I loved my kids and I wanted more time with them. I wanted more conversation. And at that point, we were, I'd conditioned myself all through my 20s that my life was about being productive with work. It was like my best hours were in the morning. I gave them to my, my business. My, and I, my wife was okay with that. Like I was a primary breadwinner. I, she's like, of course, like you got to give the best to the business, if you will, because that's what I was, that's what I believed to be the right thing to do. But Things just started to switch, you know. As I evolved as a man, I knew I needed to make some changes. So we got everybody together, and it was it was the type of thing where it's like I had a hunch that we needed it. I didn't quite understand the impact that mm-hmm. was going to be created in the lives of the men. But I remember Mike McCarthy. I remember John Kane coming up to me at the end saying, "We need to do more of this," mm-hmm. and that was the first one. Now we just did our ninth event. And what drives me today more and more, how is I continue to be impacted by this community. Even this morning, dude, I took Tiger on a bike ride where I was going to prepare for a podcast with John Eldridge, who wrote Wild at Heart, who I just got off the phone with. And I was like, I normally would sit down to prepare for a podcast by maybe looking at his bio again or watching a couple of his videos and thinking about what questions. And I said, John wrote the book about being wild at heart, you know, boys needing, you know, an, an adventure in their lives. I said, the best way I could prepare for this podcast is by going out and taking a bike ride with Tiger. Hmm. So we went on a 45 minute adventure and wow. we did this really cool thing, how where when we would pull up to a stop sign or an intersection, I know you've been riding, right? Like you've been riding with the kids. So you're going to love this one. When we pull up to an intersection or a stop sign, Tiger starts slowly saying left, right, straight. And as he hits the stop sign, whatever direction he's saying in that moment, left, right, or straight is the direction we go. And then- <laughs> like this random adventure and tiger on the way back he you know after 45 minutes we ended up on these trails riding through the mud and you know it's he's he's like man this was a great morning this was a great morning Mm. woke up i read i went on a bike ride with my dad and like this was great and dude that is what the community continues to give to me is the right framing for my day the right examples the right 
you know, there's a voice in my head always from one of our brothers, from one of our podcast guests, from somebody in the, in the front row dad world that's directing me on how I might be able to behave in a way that I feel great pride of, of being a father. And today was an example of that. You know, I, I resonate with that. Obviously, I'm not the founder of Front Row Dads. Although at times I've been like, "Hey, I like I it, it, like what you're doing." Heather, speaks you to me. We, what'd you say? I said you were there in the beginning, dude. We we've start we've done this together, no doubt. Yeah, and by the way, was that first retreat the one in Philly? Yeah, in like that like restaurant pub with like the yeah. wood pole in the middle. Okay, I remember. I'm picturing it. Yeah, that was a small group of folks. Um, Berghoff was there. Yeah. You know, I, and I, th- I think that for anybody listening today right now, I really want to be clear, and I'm sure when I record the intro for this, I will all tee this up, but that this really is for uh, any family person, right? So if you are a uh, father or a mother, right, you know, you're, you're a sp- or you're just a spouse or a parent, that's what I love about Front Row Dads is it's called Front Row Dads, but um, most of the wives of the dads are learning, growing, and you know, and, and making sure their husbands get there because we always come back better, right? Typically, but but I think the a big win for me that isn't in the the name of your the group is um is is husband, you know, right? Is is like really helping me to up level as a husband. In fact. That's the perfect segue. You shared something at our at our front row downs band yesterday. We meet once a month for anybody listening. There's four of us. It's like four in each uh, of of the full front row dads group. Groups of four meet as a band every month, and we go really deep and and support each other. And yesterday, you shared a huge breakthrough for you, which was I guess I would say it was around emotional intelligence and how you used to get very triggered by your spouse and you would get angry and you would and then because you've worked on yourself. So I don't want to tell all of it, but you've worked on yourself so much that you were like, I'm right. I'm evolved. I've been doing Tony Robbins since I was like 20. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. So anyway, man, I would just, I would love to hear that breakthrough for you because I think it's going to transcend not only your marriage, but every relationship that you have. Yeah. I'm glad you said all that. And I'll connect a couple of dots too. So you, you mentioned that it's not in the title because you know, when we first started this, it was really about the kids. We're like, we're, we need to talk about being a better dad. So we got everybody together. And there was nothing to front row dads outside of a title. <laughs> like, this is what the event's going to be called. But we just needed to get people together to talk. And then it was very clear that throughout those conversations, that in order to be a great dad, that you had to be a great husband. And, and not that you, in order to be a great dad, you need to be married. It just happened to be that probably 99% of the people in that room were married. And the conversation very much so was like, we're having this challenge with kids, but really it goes back to the deeper, like, how's your relationship with your spouse? What are you modeling for your children? What energy are you bringing into your home every day? And How- by the way, even if you're divorced... Yeah, that sure. Relationship is even probably more important, right? Like, you know. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's all important. And then it's just relationships with other people in your life that your kids are watching you have a relationship with your neighbor or your coworkers or how you treat somebody at a restaurant. They're all just modeling relationships. And so much of that relationship is about how it's filling you up or how you're filling other people up. But anyway, it we didn't have pillars at the time, which we now have six. And and our six pillars now include thriving marriage because it became very obvious that to have a great family, there are things we need to focus on, like our health, like our emotional intelligence, right? And and those are things that are important to us. Well, fast forward (laughs) 
thanks to many people in this community that have helped me, including one that you and I were talking about prior to hitting the record button, which is Dr. Kelly Flanagan, right? He wrote a book called Lovable. He wrote a book called True Companions that just dropped. And he's a brilliant psychologist who has really served our group, actually showed up to one of our events and then became a member. He was so impressed by the community. But if you recall how that you know, to Dr. Kelly has brought to us, and I'll tell this to everybody who doesn't know, he brought to us this concept of the ego castle. That's ego great. castle being like this, this idea that, look, we all have an ego. Everybody listening to this podcast has an ego. Nobody escapes this. Whether or not we're conscious of our ego is a different thing. Well, if you become conscious of this ego, this false self, the part of you that created an identity to survive yeah. junior high and high school and to create an identity that allowed you to make, make it in your 20s, right? Or wh wherever you are in life, we've created this identity, this personality, this front to the world. And that has both helped us. And maybe at some point it helped us, but now it might be hurting us. Yeah. Well, as I have more and more of these conversations with these men, as I as I, as I become more aware of who I am, and that's part of the why Front Row Dads works is conscious conversations that reveal blind spots, right? Where we're curious enough and somebody else can see us enough to say, hey, I might see something that, that might be helpful here. And all of a sudden we're, we're now, that's what enlightenment is, right? Like we were once in the, we we're in darkness and we, all of a sudden the lights are on and we can see what's going on. We see our ego at work. We see that we're in this uh, this battle, be, but we don't need to be. Well, with Tatiana, I've had some really big breakthroughs. And one I'll share specifically is, and thanks again to the brotherhood for this, and this awareness, Tim Nikolai, big shout out to Tim. He's been really helpful for me. Your current neighbor, soon to be ex neighbor. So enjoy that time while you can, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what happened, here's the breakthrough. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to this. So Tatiana and I were in Florida with a couple of friends and we went for a walk on the beach and Tatiana was picking up these beautiful shells. And, but I had asked, I'd asked for, I said, Hey baby, for a moment, uh, for a couple of minutes, just hang with me. I want to share something really deep. I want to share something very personal. If you could just not pick up any shells. So she said, of course. And then we start walking and then she picks up another shell <laughs> and I can feel myself start to get triggered by this. And I'm sure people can relate. I start to feel the, the trigger, but I think I say it semi-nice, but probably with some passive aggressive, you know, tone to it of like, babe, like just pause on the shelves for a minute. Like, so I started, the energy starts. That's what usually happens in our relationship, right? Yeah. I don't get what I want. So I start in with this energy, this passive aggressive, right? There's probably this little bit of a condescending tone to it. And she picks up another shell. And, and then we walk and I'm thinking there's no way she's going to pick up another shell because she just sensed my energy elevating. But then 10 minutes later, she stops and she picks up another shell. And I like, I freak out. I'm like, I'm like, I don't get it. You know, like <laughs> what on earth? Like I asked you just to not pick up shells and I got angry and I left the beach. And when I got back to the house, I was stewing over this, right? Like I was just angry and I had a call with uh, a guy named Nathaniel Chuckin, who I just had on my podcast. He's my coach. And Nathaniel, I was, I was sure in this case <laughs> that I was going to tell Nathaniel what happens. He's like, yeah, dude, you know what? You're right. She was just being rude. Like there's no coaching you <laughs> out of this. That was it. It was just, yeah. that I'm sure that's what I was going to get. 
But dude, you couldn't wait for the call just to get him on your side. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed validation, man. That's mm-hmm. what I need is to be validated. Mm-hmm. But uh, but here's what he said. I told him the story and he uses incredible tools in his coaching. He's a wonderful coach. And again, we get into this more on my podcast. If anybody wants to go deeper, they can go listen to that on the Front Road Ab podcast. But here's what here's the big takeaway. The big takeaway how and the emotional breakthrough was that I was telling her with my words that I wanted her to listen to me. And she was telling me with her body language that she did not want to talk. Hmm. But I was convinced that I was right because I'm this like evolved, well-read, like you said, right? Like I've yeah. been to the Tony Robbins event. <laughs> I'm, I'm certified in coaching. I'm this leader of this company. Did you start a charity? I started a charity. <laughs> You have a following, you know, like I, are you best friends with Hal Elrod? (laughs) Get into this, this giant ego trip about how evolved you are. But the crazy part is that's all ego. That's all ego that actually prevents me from understanding that, look, my wife's being in touch with her body, not putting as much effort and energy into being this like well-spoken person. That's just, it's a... We just label, we just created a blueprint and said, this is how we're going to interact as a site. These are all agreements that we are bringing, but we're not getting anybody to sign a contract to say that in order to be a valuable human, you have to study, right? My, my wife's from Russia, born and raised in Russia. English is her second language. She's yeah. writing and reading and speaking in a second language. And there's no agreement that says when we go for a walk on the beach, my words are more important than your shell picking up, right? Like, yeah. Right. All these agreements. So I, I, in that moment, really felt that I was, I was better than she was. I was more, I was, I was just more evolved, but dude, the minute that I could see that that wasn't the case and that I had a lot to learn from her. And I was like the, my world of words was no more important or valuable than her world of feelings Mm. that my words and her body language were just different ways of communicating I started to feel that I was becoming more emotionally aware of myself. And then now I'm reacting very differently. And dude, literally this morning, literally this morning, Tatiana said this to me, even after our band, she said, she came up and she snuggled and she said, I just want to thank you so much because you've been so grounded lately Mm. bringing this incredible presence to all of our interactions. And she goes, when I start to lose it, when I start to get emotional, when you stay so grounded, that I'm literally, I feel safe in your company. She goes, I feel you're carrying me right now. Hmm. You're just so solid that you're not reacting. She goes, you're so different than you were two or three years ago. You are not even the same person, John, than you were two or three years ago. And dude, that to me is the greatest testament to the brotherhood because without these men bringing this consciousness to me, this awareness of my ego, right? Not a bunch of guys going, yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> but right, right, a bunch of men who are like, no, the work is within. The minute you start with, she should, if you ever get into that business, she should, that's almost a direct clue that the work is within you. Yeah, and, and of course, whether it's she should or he should, I, I wanna dive into this for a second because when you shared this, Yesterday, it was yesterday, what, right? Yeah, yesterday at lunch, I, I, was, I went after you with my share. 
and I said, John, I'm, I've had a similar breakthrough recently. And the breakthrough for me was, it was a few weeks ago and it was during meditation, during my miracle morning. And I, and I, and this is a constant nagging thing of feeling like I could be a better dad and a husband and should be a better dad, not doing it right. Like, I think that's a part of human nature is, and it's important to, to, to hear that, but also to not beat yourself up over it. Right. So, um, but I think for all of us, it's like, we all know we could be doing better because the reality is there's always a next level of, you know, anyone's potential. So for me, I realized though, okay, what is the next level of, of me being a family man? What's the next level of me being a spouse? And what's the next level of me being a, a father, a dad. And I, uh, I, my, my big, I, I wrote down a lot of notes, a lot of bullet points. And, but the big one was emotional mastery was not reacting to my spouse. If my spouse is upset or angry, I wrote down, I don't have to a take it personally. It has nothing to do with me. Nothing, nothing. Even if I said the thing or I was the stimulus for that emotion, it's still, that's their emotion. And we take it on, right? In, in the past, my spouse gets angry and I get angry, right? And we go back and forth. And it's like you said, that energy starts to build. Both people feel it and it escalates. And, it, and then it turns into, <laughs> who said that recently that, you know, where you, your spouse, like when you're fighting for like a day or, or days at a time and you pass each other in the hall accidentally and it's awkward and you have to like turn your back kind of and not look at <laughs> If you're married, you've all been there. Uh, and if not, I need to have you on the podcast to teach us your secrets. But, but that was the first thing. And so, and I've been, so I've been working on that as well. Whereas I just become aware there's emotion building inside of me. And again, if you're listening to this, please consider that this is a, I, I called it a superpower yesterday. And our friend Tim said, no, it's more of a skill because you're not born with it like a superpower. You have to develop it. But realize that you are in control of your emotional state and that you don't ever have to allow someone else's emotional state or even an event or a circumstance in your life to trigger something inside you that is not of your highest good, right? And it's amazing and it's challenging, but you know, you mentioned it that now that you've gone there in your body where you've you started to feel feel the, you know, the the tide rising, right? The the anger building and then you become aware, oh wait a minute, I'm starting to get angry. And I'd actually love to hear your self-dial. I'll share a few thoughts here, but I'd love to hear what words you say to yourself. You know, yeah. for me it's like I'm getting angry. It's my choice whether or not I continue to get angry and build that anger, or I just continue to let it completely go and go, how do I want to feel right now? And then yep. just breathe into it and smile. And you mentioned that once you had done that a few times, now you know, your body knows what it feels like to start to get angry. So it's, you're building that muscle where you go, oh, so it's going to be going from this really conscious, difficult, uh, go down anger, go down to where you'll be like, oh, I'm getting angry doesn't serve me, move on, right? And you can just move through it and it's getting easier. So what What for you, how do you actually, if someone's listening and they go, yeah, that sounds easier said than done. When I get angry, I feel angry. And then in my head, I'm going, screw this person and they're an idiot and I can't believe it and it's their fault. How do you, John, like practically speaking, how do you how do you maintain that that calm in the, in the face yeah. of uh, chaos? It's a great question. It's a great question. It's the question. Well, one is I had a shift of identity of who, who I was supposed to be in those moments. And what I realized was that I went from the last 10 years of my life was about how do I control my environment? Hmm. 
And lately in the last couple of years, it's been, how do I control myself? So I just became obsessed with like, how do I control what's around me? How do I control my team? How do I control my, my, you know, like what's happening with my wife? I wanted control over that. And the more that I just surrendered to like the biggest thing I can teach my boys as an example is how to respond in difficult situations. Mm -hmm. Literally, it's like, just had this conversation with John Eldridge an hour ago about interpreting failure. Like our, our role as parents is to be there with our kids, not even to create all experiences where they're winning and building that confidence that comes from sometimes winning, but how to interpret failure. That's such a key element to this. Yeah. So part of not wanting to be like, ah, it's it when we're our anger is oftentimes us grabbing a hold so much because they are not doing what I want them to do. And I want them to behave differently so that I feel differently. Mm. I want wife to change her behavior because I don't know how to manage my own emotions. So I need you to act differently because I'm tired of feeling the way I feel when you act that way. With our kids, it's the same thing. Why we get frustrated and raise our voice or yell is like, you're not behaving in a way that I think is right. I can't control you. I want to control my external world. Mm. And because I have this internal reaction and I don't know how to control that, I need you to change so that I feel differently. Yeah. Where we really start to master our family life is when we start to master our own emotions internally. So what's the language that I use? Yeah. Well, a lot of times it's it's what I get from my coach, Nathaniel. And I got to give props to Byron Katie and her work about personal inquiry. And part of it starts with a, a, a work that she does called Judge Your Neighbor. Right, it's that's a worksheet that she has people fill out, and it usually starts with "he should," "she should," "they should," and it's like my kids should go to bed on their own, go take a shower and brush their teeth without being asked. My wife should speak differently in this way. She should have dinner, whatever it is. Like, yeah. right? She should work harder. She should work less. She should. Right, whatever she should be more organized. She should be more free, yeah, or she shouldn't. Right, she shouldn't she get shouldn't. mad at me. She shouldn't yell. She shouldn't. Yeah. You think other people should be differently than they are? Mm -hmm. It starts with that, and then the process that Byron Katie teaches, which has been brilliant for me. And here's what I do in my mind now: is I reverse it in my mind. I've conditioned myself how to, it, instead of like she should calm down, I should calm down. Mm. I've trained myself to now pause in the moment and then take a second to reflect on what's my label. She should speak more calmly. I should speak more calmly. Here's another one, ready? Mm. Instead of she should speak more calmly, I reverse it and I say, she shouldn't speak calmly. And then I argue for that point. I go, is there any, is there any benefit to her not speaking calmly? And here's what's crazy. What I've realized, Hal, is in that moment, like if, if this is one with Tatiana, I go, she shouldn't raise her voice. Then I go, she should raise her voice. Because if she raises her voice, what does that give everybody in our family an opportunity to do? It gives me an opportunity to practice being calm. And what's a greater gift to my kids? Having a mother that seems to be perfect, that like... Mm raised her voice. So my kids go out into the real world and meet people who've raised yeah. their voice. And they're like, what happened? For 18 years, nobody in our home ever raised their voice. I don't even know how to be a person. Wow. In the world. 
Or, or does a kid go out into the world saying, you know what? I remember seeing my mom get emotional because humans get emotional. Yeah. I remember seeing my dad like really stay calm in that moment. And I saw a model of how one person could get triggered. Another person could stay calm. And now I have a model of like what happens in the world when crisis arises. Like we give, so why should my wife raise her voice? So that I can practice not raising my voice. And for the record, let's be clear. This is not me presenting... <laughs> Situation that my wife's a lunatic. I'm somehow this evolved creature uh, because there are there are equally a number as many examples as I could give. How about me raising my voice and my wife staying calm? Yeah, there are equally as many examples of me not acting like a front row dad. Yeah, and my wife showing the kids how to behave and deal with a man who's losing his mind. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's it. That's brilliant. So she, so it's the, the Byron Katie work that you just referenced, yeah. right? It's, you start out, she should. And then what, what if the opposite of that were true, That's right? exactly. you know, and, and the, there's different ways to do the opposite, which That's is right. like you did, I should, correct. Right? you know, I should be calm instead of she should be calm or she shouldn't be calm. Right. So it's right. finding as many opposites as you, as you can, or at least a few. And then when you go, why, why shouldn't she be calm or why should she raise her voice? One might be because she want, because she is. Yeah. Right. Like that's one of the big things with Byron Katie's work is it's it's loving what is, a.k.a. loving reality. Yeah. Correct. Right. It, whatever is happening should be happening because it's happening. That's a period because it's reality. Anything else is delusion. Like for you to go, she shouldn't have done that. You go, well, that's a delusion because she actually did that. Right. So you're living in a fantasy land and you're creating your emotions and your paradigm and your model of the world based on this fantasy that something that did happen shouldn't have happened. That wall should not be there right now in my office. Why is that? That wall should not be there. It should be an open space. Dude, the wall's there. Like uh, you can should all you all you want, right? Our yeah. country should not blah 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 blah. You know what I mean, right? So so this is dealing with reality and then and then optimizing your response to reality. Yeah. And so what you're sharing, John, is it's so universally applicable to anybody and everybody. That's it. You said something else at the I think at the retreat. I think this was you that said it that I wrote in my notes. And it was, yeah, yeah, I'm almost sure it was you said it. And it was something like defensiveness is the first act of war or getting defensive is the first act of war. And that resonated because I may not usually be the one to start it, right? But I will often ask, I, 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 I get triggered. I, you shouldn't be yelling and then I get in and, right? and then it just escalates. And so to be able to be in control of your state, regardless of someone else's state, right? Then you don't get defensive. You can, you can look at somebody through the lens of, empathy, understanding, you know, and I think that one, one paradigm that's been such a game changer for me when it comes to dealing with other people is the recognition that had I lived their life, I would probably be, do, and say exactly the same things. If I had grown up with their parent, like for example, if another person's parents yelled or whatever, right? Whatever, their world was different than mine. They grew up with a, a, a different brain. They don't have my brain, so I can't expect them to think like me and act like me. But, but, but equally, they grew up with different situations and circumstances and people and influences in their life. And so from that place, that to me is the key that accesses empathy. It's, oh, wait a minute. 
If I were them, I would have yelled right then too. If I were them, I would have done, I would have done whatever they did. If I had lived their life, I would have probably been exactly the same. And so what's exciting for me around this mastery topic, which you and I are going to do a, a group call on this on what June 1st. Oh, pumped. Yeah. By the way, hold on. Let me see. I know there's a, if anybody listening, you can go to frontrowdads.com forward slash Hal, and we're going to do a, a family man mastery. We do an annual father's day. John and I, for the last few years have done an annual father's day call. And uh, this year it's, we're calling it family man mastery. We might change the name. Who knows? That's what we, I thought of today. But for me, this topic of mass, just the word mastery, I had never really brought into my family life until recently. I tried to master when I was in sales back in the day and different areas of my life um, as an author maybe, but really mastering as a family man. And here's, uh, you don't, I don't think you know this, the last conversation that we had in Florida at the Front Row Dads Retreat, I won't say who it was with because it's about his personal life, but, um, but was with someone I've known for 20 years. And uh, we don't, you know, we only, we probably only see each other at the Front Row Dads Retreat. So, you know, we're, we're close, but not, don't spend a lot of time together. But anyway, he was sharing with me about how his, how basically he's, he's, he's teeters on whether or not he should end it because they just, they're just not aligned and she's not, she's not as positive as he is. And she doesn't recognize him for all the things he does. She has some different, and she has some, she has some issues with her family. She's not close with her family. And he said, those are things, three things that are very important to me, being positive, recognizing the other person and acknowledging them and being close to my family. And she doesn't she she doesn't bring any of those to the table. And I said, I want to, you know, I listened to him pour out for a while. And then I said, are you open to some coaching? And he said, please, please, Hal, please, you know, he's begging for it. And so I'm going to share this because this is, this was one of the biggest breakthroughs for me as a, as a husband, as a spouse that I had years ago, and it continues to evolve. I said, what if your job, what if your job here, what if you were put into her life and she's put in your, she wasn't put into your life because she was the perfect woman that you sketched out on paper, but because she was the exact woman that you needed to fulfill your purpose in life and that you were the exact man, the exact husband that she needed to give her everything that she needs. I go, so wait a minute, she doesn't know how to be positive. And he had told me earlier that she had said recently that he was the most positive person that she knew. And he goes, why have you never told me that before? She goes, oh, I don't know. I go, so wait a minute. You're ex- she, she doesn't have a lot of positivity in her life and you're the most positive person that she's ever met. Damn, good thing you're her, you're, you're her man, right? And, and, and so wait, she doesn't have a good relationship with her family, but yours lives down the street and you see them all the time. Damn, it sounds like God put you into her life. And so I said, here's what I would shift. Instead of looking at what she is or isn't giving to you, what if you just look at it as, hey, my role is to be her perfect husband and fulfill her needs in the way that serves her. I said, how would that feel if you were to do that? He said, I think it would be really fulfilling. If I was focusing on how I could meet her needs and be the perfect husband for her, not for any woman, for her based on her life experience and her beliefs and her mindset and all of that. I said, it sounds like you're already that guy You just didn't know you were that guy and you didn't realize that that's what you're here for. And so anyway, I'll just to to sum all of that up, 
Consider that in relationships, including with your kids. But for me, especially for my spouse, when I get on the, oh, my spouse isn't the way I want them to be. I wish she was more this and less that, right? I go, whoa, 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 whoa. How about she's exactly who she needs to be for me to fulfill my purpose as a husband on this planet? And if it, it's not supposed to be easy. Just like life isn't easy. It's supposed to be challenging because in the midst of our challenges, that's when we grow, that's when we evolve, that's how we become the best version of ourselves. And so if your kid is not the exact way you want them to be, if you were rubbing a magic lamp and asking the genie to give you this perfect kid, consider that they're the exact kid that you need to fulfill your purpose in life for you to grow and evolve just like John, just like you have right, to becoming a patient. If it wasn't for your wife bringing out the need for you to be patient, right, you'd still be getting triggered. But it was perfect. She was perfect. She is perfect for you to evolve and fulfill your purpose. So anyway, so that for me was the game changer where I shifted from how are they behaving in accordance to my perfect model of how a woman slash wife slash child should behave to, oh, how is how they are an opportunity for me to grow? And that yeah. changed everything. Dude, I want to honor you for that too, Hal, because I've seen you apply those principles in the business world very effectively in your coaching and your leadership and your writing. And now I'm seeing you apply them in your family life and translate them. And I, you're experiencing great results. You're able to help other people with that now too. And I just love to see that message for you continue to evolve. It's beautiful to see, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I wanted to ask you uh, about the picture program that you had been, we talked about this last year and uh, it might've been, I think it was new for you then. And I wanted, I, I know you mentioned recently, you, it, it came up in conversation. I'm like, oh, you're still doing that? I was impressed. So talk about this because I think this is cool for any human being, right? Whether you're a parent or you're just a kid, like you could be anybody. And this is, a, this is an example of a creative, fun, unique way to create meaningful moments and memories for the people in your life that matter most. So I'd love for you to share what a year ago, how you started this and, and, and you know, if it's evolved or just what you do. Well, you know, I'll build a bridge here from everything we just spoke about to this idea. And the bridge is that a lot of the pain that we experience and a lot of the breakthroughs have come from our, what we're simply focused on focused on where this person's falling short, what they're doing wrong, right? And, and a lot of it is just flipping the script. It's looking at the opposite. Instead of, hey, what's wrong with this person? What's wrong with this environment is, hey, what's right about this? Where's the strength being demonstrated here? And I also have to give a, a props to Brandon Miller, who wrote the book, Play to Their Strengths, right? And brought this idea to my life. He has seven kids and grandchildren, and he's an influential member in our community but it's how, how do we catch our kids doing the right thing to, to elevate their strengths, help them see the genius within them. You and I were talking about this earlier with even with Mickey and what he was saying about really cultivating that zone of genius in a child earlier than letting them find you know somebody in their 20s by reading a book. And they're like, oh, zone of genius. Like, I have natural talents. Like, I don't want to just have to follow a curriculum where everybody says you all need to learn these things. But like... Yeah. What makes me unique, right? What's my unique ability, et cetera, said by many different ways by many different people. So that is a piece of this is like just the, simply the question of how as a father or a mother or a spouse or a business leader, might you catch the people around you doing the right thing? Well, then you enter 
John Berghoff in Appreciative Inquiry. And he brought to one of his live events these praise cards where he has these postcards. And if somebody did something really nice during an event, you could write a praise card, something nice about them, and then you would hang it up on this board. And, and I started to see the power of that. Well, there's probably five other examples of great people that were around me. So again, the power of community. And I just said, why am I not doing this at home? Why am I not doing this for my kids? So I started a year ago where on, you know, I was doing it about every week, but you could do this every month was I would print a picture from the week. I'd take pictures. My wife would take pictures throughout the week of whatever, just stuff happening in the family. And I would print one and I would write a note on the back. And the note was something where it was words of affirmation is really what it was. Short note, you know, just a, uh, a fine point, you know, Sharpie type marker. And I started handing these out at uh, like, you know, the weekend pancake breakfast type of deal. I'd, I'd hold up the picture and I would read it. And it first started with just my boys, but then it evolved to doing it with my wife also. And I noticed that when I said something nice about my wife in front of the kids, they started treating her differently. I noticed mm-hmm. when I nice things about my kids in front of my wife, she started seeing them differently. And I noticed that throughout the week, I would see them differently because I would see something and I would say, where's the strength being demonstrated in this moment? What are my kids doing that's great right now that I could capture? I started taking pictures with more intention. Now I have a, a you know photo albums that are filled with pictures. And I'll give you an example, even though I know that uh, everybody's going to be listening to this and not watching this, but I'll show you this, Hal, and I'll tell everybody what it is. This is a picture of Tiger holding up a $10 bill. And he had just purchased his first Roblox stock. So literally bought his first stock. And right in that moment when he bought it, I go, oh, buddy, let's take a picture because I knew this was going to be the picture for the week. And here's what I would have written on it. By the way, I just printed the picture. So there's nothing on the back, but here's what I would write. I would write something to the effect of, you know, Tiger, I'm really impressed by your desire to learn about investing. I really appreciate your abilities to take action, you know, to take calculated risks and to see beyond this moment into your future, right? And understand the power of appreciation long-term. These are great fundamentals for life. Love forever your papa. So they're like all these little life lessons. We think sometimes like we're going to one day write down all the life lessons and hand it to our kid <laughs> in this beautiful journal. Yeah. But I realized that I might not even get that chance. How? I mean, you and I both know that there's a, a friend of a friend who, who recently at 38, you know, passed suddenly. Yeah. And, and did two, two small boys, two small kids. And those types of stories are crushing. They're crushing. And I just never, I, I always wanted to be speaking these words and to share these, these moments with my kids because I, know, I don't know tomorrow is not guaranteed. And so, you know, we just keep doing this. Here's one of Ocean and I, I printed of he and I just taking a walk. And on this one, I think that I'll, I'll mention something about how I really appreciate about Ocean, how intentional he is about physical touch with me. Like, I really appreciate you holding my hand, buddy. I really appreciate you snuggling with me in the morning. I really appreciate you giving hugs to people that you love. Yeah, he gives me all the, he gives me tons right? of love, man. He Dude. comes and jumps on me and wraps his legs around me. And yeah, it's Dude, great. Kalahari, how many hugs? Yeah. He gave you six hugs. That's amazing. 
but, but he is so affectionate in that way. And I, I, I think that's great that he can express himself and that he can connect with people in that channel, right? Because not every, and it's okay if somebody's not that way. That doesn't mean they're broken. It just means that's not how they want to express themselves. But dude, I got to tell you that I'm not sure who who's benefiting more from these, these little, you know, pictures with notes of like, if they are, if I am, but who cares, right? That what I can feel is that culturally as a family, this is creating a shift and it's appreciating over time and it's compounding. And dude, I'm thrilled that my kids will be able to hold on to these. And so dude, I take a picture of each one too, with my camera so that I have a digital copy in case anything ever happened to the physical copy but I take a picture of the front and the back and I just make mm. sure that we have those tracked. And you could store these in like, a, there's an app that our buddy Ken Wimberly put together called Legacy of Love. And you could take these photographs and upload that to the app. Legacy of Love is like a, a way to store these and gift these to your children over time. And you can journal about your family. So dude, that's it, man. It's been great. And now, oh, one more thing. You might not know this, Hal, but I started doing it for people who would visit my house. So like uh, Justin Donald came over recently uh, for those who don't know, Justin is in our band and uh, our group of four. And Justin came over and I took a picture of Justin playing piano with the boys and I wrote him a note and gave it to him in front of the kids. And so now my kids are seeing us do this for other people. That's really cool. And I, I think what's cool, it's neat that it gives that immediate return on investment, if you will, right, in terms of giving the picture, but then for them to have, you know, as they grow up to have a a photo, an album where, wow, Mm -hmm. my dad, you know, at least, you know, I think you do it almost weekly. I still a lot of people just do it monthly, whatever, even once a month, right? Captured magic moments and, and, and acknowledged me for who I was along the way. And I've got this whole journal, this whole journey. I think it's really cool. Speaking of magic moments, I know you're going on a, uh, road trip. You've been wanting to do this for a long time, as have many people, myself included. We were talking about doing an RV trip a couple of years ago. We still haven't done it, right? So I'm kicking myself. But once again, you may be the leading by example, the inspiration that gets a lot of us other fathers and mothers uh, to do this. But um, talk about this. You've wanted to do a road trip. What are you guys doing? Where are you going? What's going on? Yeah. So in a couple of weeks, we, we set sail. We got a little trailer that we're going to pull and just go see people we love. And so the entire summer, June, July, and August, we're going to travel. And I'm sure an adventure ahead of me. I'm not calling this a vacation. I don't uh-huh. know what this is, but I do think that I only have one intention, Hal, and, and that is to let go of any real expectations. Like we started mapping it all out and making a plan. And I said, we're not, we're not going to make a plan. We're going to go, we're going to wake up and go, what does today feel like for us? Mm. And wow. so I'll still do some work from the road. I'm sure I'll work three or four hours each day and, you know, or on some days, but for the most part, like we have a team, we have momentum, we have processes and systems, and we are in a place where we can do this now. And I'm grateful for what we've built to be able to do this. Uh, so this has been we didn't just decide on a whim to go do it. Like we did actually decide to go on the road trip, but we've been in building intentionally to have a life so that we could do this in the future. And we're now there. And so the whole, my whole goal is just to remain calm. Hmm. My whole goal for three months is to show my boys how to respond in the face of any type of adversity that we are going to face. Now, if you take Four people, so two adults, two kids, and two dogs <laughs> with a trailer and go out into the world, with no doubt we're going to face some adversity along the way. 
what type of adversity, who knows, but it's going to be hard. We're going to get on each other's nerves. We're going to, I'm going to have to manage my emotions. There's going to be whining. There's going to be complaining. There's going to be things that break things where we can't, right. It's going to happen. And I'm mentally prepared to be present, to be joyful, to be uh, responsive, but not reactive. And I'm going to use this as an opportunity to say, look, I'm going to create a memory for my 11-year-old and my six-year-old that I hope they remember for the rest of their lives. Mm. I'm going to take pictures. We're going to see friends. We're going to do, you know, left, right, straight. Uh, oh, like Tiger's like, can we just go on a road and like not use the GPS and just see where it takes us? Here, uh, 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 uh. his wheels are turning already on like how to turn this into an adventure. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. And then we're going to find somebody cool or something cool, or we're going to just, yeah, this is going to be into the great unknown. Yeah. And when do you, when do you leave? June 1st. So it's so weird. It didn't hit me until just After now. Our, like literally we're going to do our, our, our training, our father's day annual call, and then we're gone. Oh, oh, that makes so much sense. So that's interesting because you and I, on the same day, we get our, our keys to our new home and our property. And then I'm taking three months off. And so it just hit me that you and I are both taking a fully focused family sabbatical, if you will, at the exact same time. Yeah. We'll have to text each other and let each other know how it goes and hold each other accountable to uh, all the things we talked about. Trailer up to your place on June 1st. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good, that's a good place to start, dude. Start, dude. Um, all right. So then that, perfect. So that's a good transition. So we are, anybody listening, um, this is for, for dads. I think moms would benefit too, but it really is, you know, uh, the, 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 the training that we're going to do, it's a group call. It'll be interactive. It's called, we're calling it Family Man Mastery. And actually, I want to mention this. Actually, we might close with this story. By the way, so if, you, if you're interested in that, Family Man Mastery, um, go to frontrowdads.com forward slash Hal, H-A-L, frontrowdads.com forward slash Hal. Um, it's totally free. It's a free training. We've done it every year around Father's Day. What are we going to cover on that call? I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, I think that what, We've what we've done in the past very successfully, and you know we've had hundreds of people show up to this, and uh, and the feedback has been great. Is we just share what's working. You know, we we look at really over the past year of being part of Front Row Dads, be, being at these live events uh, where we get a chance to connect with these men, deep dives into all of our six pillars. We're going to bring you the best of what has happened in our community. We're going to bring you the best of what's happened in our personal lives. And I'm excited to talk about that. I'm also excited to talk about this idea of family man, comma, et cetera. So tell that story really quick, because this, before you tell the story, so John handed out these leather wristbands, bracelets, whatever you want to call them at the end of the retreat. And they said, family man, et cetera. That simple phrase uh, and the story you're about to tell was really impactful for me. Um, I went and I'm start, I'm changing my bios everywhere because of this story. Um, I'm wearing the wristband every day. And um, yeah, so, so share the story. And I think this applies for anybody around their one thing. Well, quite fitting to this, Hal, is that you gave me a book that led to this discovery. And in that book, there was a story of David Packard, and David Packard of Hewlett Packard, uh, many would would either know or guess that he was a, a billionaire and very successful. But the part of the story that to me was really just heartwarming was that he was the type of guy who 
was really just at his core, really a family man. He was a rancher. He lived in the same house before he was a billionaire. He lived in this house that he just stayed in. Like he could have bought any house, hundreds of homes, right? But uh, but stayed in this home and he, he loved to build amazing things. He loved to build the amazing companies that served the world. That was, he loved to put his brain to work to help others. He just wasn't really obsessed with right, a lot of material things. And I love that. I love when we know ourselves well enough to not get caught up into the, let me show you what I've got. Let me. Especially that, when you're a billionaire well, with a B. That's, that's, that's rare. Asshole that we talked about already. It's like, that's impressive to me when you know yourself and you're okay. Well, you know, we, when we started Front Row Dads, we had said at some point, it, came, it became clear uh, when we figured out who are we, we are family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. And I remember saying that for the first time. And I was like, that's what I want in my life. I was a businessman with a family mm. for as long as I can remember. And I wanted to be a family man with a business. And we, we talked about how most bios for, for businessmen are like, he accomplished all these things, da, 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 right? And at the end, it's like, oh, by the way, he lives in yeah. <laughs> Yeah. With his wife and kids as a, as like a final thought. And I really believe that who I wanted to be for myself, and I'm not projecting onto anybody else. You could be, see yourself and see the world in any way that's your right to do so. But for me, I, I know what's, what feels like true North is to be a family man with a business and people know, by the way, a hundred out of a hundred of the last people who've signed up to become a member of front row dads have said something about that statement. They literally, not a single person hasn't said to me, family man with a business, not businessman with a family is the thing that really got to my heart. I remember mm. I was talking to Jay Papazan who wrote the One Thing book and he was like, that right there says it all. Nice. Never forget that moment. Well, dude, the story of David Packard is that at his funeral, he had a, a, a sign that had a picture of him on his tractor and it just said, rancher, comma, et cetera. Hmm. As like, he could have had a huge bio talking about all of his accomplishments and all of his money and all the fact that he gave, you know, the, his fortune to charity. But, you know, and, and it got me thinking, and what would mine say? And I thought, family man, etc. Hmm. And it hit me. And I was like, the minute I said that, I was like, that's it. And it says family man with a business, not businessman with a family in, in just, just a couple words. It just talks about priorities and like, that's what this is about. It's about, look, I want you to work hard and make lots of money. If that's the case, great. There's nothing wrong with that. Lots of things you can do with that type of success and power. But this is a priority conversation. This is like, what are you really building for? Right. And, and a lot of men are hiding at work. A lot of men are addicted to their jobs. A lot of men are like, I don't, I don't know what to do with the kids. I don't do their school. I don't know what to feed them. I don't know what to do. And they just go, I'm just going to go make money. My wife will handle all that. Mm -hmm. Or, or maybe the roles are reversed, but the, but the simple point is like our kids need us. And, and as our friend Dan Martell says, like everybody's homeschooling their kids, whether they realize it or not. So you're all a teacher. You're all a guide. You're all their example. There's no more important person in a child's life than their mother and their father. So we need to step up and, and get our priorities right. So family man, et cetera. That's it. Priorities. I love that. I love that. Uh, and I want to end it on that note. John, this is great. I love talking to you and it, it helps me to be a family man, et cetera. Every time we get time together, I get time with the, the front row dads, the brothers. It's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's been one of the most 
beneficial things in my life, dude. So thank you. Thank you for, uh, for realizing what mattered to you and then paying it forward for the rest of us. Yeah. Well, thanks for helping me build it, buddy. Like some of the greatest dudes have made it to, to our community because of you, because you've always been vocal about things that you love. You've always been really open and transparent with your audience about what matters to you and what part of the journey you're on. And do we've all been part of this incredible journey for you and do watching you navigate life from, you know, your, you just, your overcoming and, and, and now, you know, you're, I don't know if you know what you would call it, but when you w went through your cancer journey and where you landed now, and then releasing your movie to the world and right and to see what continues to happen with you as a person and how you show up. Like the thing that I've always loved about you is you live your core values. The minute you have a, a breakthrough, you, you start changing something about how you live. I watch you in conversations with either me or other people. You Something will hit you and you'll write it down in your affirmations. I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm adding it to my affirmation. Like, <laughs> in the moment, you're like, I'm adding that. I remember we were at the trampoline park and we were talking about kids and you added something to your affirmations about children. And like, we are, what I love about us too, buddy, is that we're just doing life together. That's like, to me, it's like, I, I love doing life with you because it's real. We're real about our challenges. We're real about what's working. And uh, to me, it feels very real. And, and so I love you, man. I love that my kids get to call you Uncle Hal. That means a lot to me. I love that uh, you're getting some time with your family this summer. And I can't wait to talk on June 1st. Like That's going to be an awesome call, guys. We're going to have a good time. Please be there June 1st for the... Yeah. 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 Everybody. Uh, and thank you for all that, John. I, I'm looking in the eye right now. I'm receiving it all. Um, June 1st, uh, it's going to be 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific and uh, frontrowdads.com forward slash Hal. This is a free group video chat, if you will. You could call it a training you can call it a webinar. You can call it a masterclass, call it whatever you want. We're, we're calling it Family Man Mastery as of today. And uh, yeah, so I think it's going to be, I know it's going to be a good time. And it's just a, it'll be a continuation, even further deep dive of what we had today. So John, I love you, brother. I'll talk to you real soon. Talk to you then, man. All right. Uh, Goal Achievers, thank you for tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. I love you guys and gals so much. And I will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.